Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Kingsman The Secret Service because we talk about movies on this show uh, and that's the movie that we're going to talk about today. Now sometimes we go a little bit older than this but obviously we have the sequel coming out um, in a few weeks time so we thought it'd be fun to revisit the first one, it's been a, you know, two years, two and a half years since the first one came out, we'll see if it holds up. Uh, and we'll start spoiler free as we usually do and we'll warn you about halfway through before we go into spoilers uh, so Kingsman uh, comes from Matthew Vaughn he's a director he also co-wrote the script along with uh, Jane Goldman um, of course it's based on a comic book by Mark Miller who uh, also I mean this is the same team from Kick-Ass this is the you know, same comic writer to same writing team for the movie same director like, it's the same process which you know, good, because I happen to quite like Kick-Ass. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. So, um, I quite like Matthew Vaughn's films as well, actually. I feel like he's not really let me down yet. Like, everything's been... I've, I've not seen all of them, but everything I have seen, I've enjoyed. Or at least thought was good, at the, at, the, at the worst I've seen from him. Even the one that didn't look like something I would like, and by that I mean uh, Stardust... Ended up being really good. <laughs> and I, had a lot I haven't of seen that, that one yet. But I've read the book, so I'd, I'd, I'd interested to that. What, what, what's the one? What was the one with Daniel Craig? Uh, Lear Cake. Yeah, that's that's the one that I enjoyed the least yeah, from him. But it was it was still pretty good. Least uh, by far the least favorite. But it, you know that was his first one, and you know then he went on to do all the other things that he's done since then. Um, so. So I, I mean, obviously, I went into this the first time thinking I was going to like it, uh, just based on the talent. I'm not really into spy stories super much, though. Like uh, mm-hmm. a big thing this movie's doing is, is kind of having fun with old James Bond tropes, which is weird from my perspective because I don't actually care for James Bond or any of those uh, tropes. And alternatively, I love those old James Bond movies. Yeah, I, I actually like this movie way more than any James Bond movie. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I like this movie a lot, but oh, yeah. come on. No, seriously, I care way a bit more. I care way more about these characters than I have ever cared about any character in a James Bond movie. Oh, that's fair. This movie has heart, and I find James Bond to usually be lacking heart. That's my, that's my my stance on the matter. But that, that's why in this I come out, you know, actually caring about the outcome, and I'm like into the action sequences. Which, by the way, Matthew Vaughn, uh, this movie included really great action director, like. All yeah. of his action sequences are, you know, like, there's very few directors right now who kind of, like, take my breath away, as, as cheesy as that sounds, in the way that he does with the action. Some of the action sequences in this movie are, in my opinion, the best of this decade, mm. at least. You know, like, I'd have to, you know, they're up there for sure. And it's not a fluke, because I came out of Kick-Ass thinking that some of the scenes in that were some of the best action scenes that I'd seen. Well, and that's it, it's like, this hasn't just got one great action sequence, this has, you know, a good handful go. No, that's that's fantastic. Oh yeah, the, the, there's two in my mind that particularly st- stick out. Yeah, but yeah, like the, the, none, none of the action scenes come off weak. None of them feel like oh, this was just a by the numbers little scene. Like he always gets very inventive with how he chooses to shoot it and with what the characters are actually doing. Like you know, mm. something as simple as how does the main character use the gun in the scene? You know, he there's, there's the main character here, or not even the main character, but Colin Firth's character at one point. He does something with his gun that I've never seen anyone do in a movie. Which is saying something at this point. I mean, how how long have you know action heroes been using guns in movies? So pretty much since the eighties. Longer than that, I think. I mean, I mean, sure, but like proper action movies. I know, but even, I mean, we're comparing it to James Bond. James Bond's been around since the sixties, right? But they they weren't action movies, were they? <sighs> Definitely not. There's, a, there's an entire scene in one of those bloody things of Sean Connery folding his clothes to go in a suitcase. Nothing wrong with that. 
<laughs> Build atmosphere, tone. Yeah, then he gets really sexist and then goes and, I don't know, does something boring. Yeah, I can't really defend that so much. Yeah. I still love those movies. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I mentioned Colin Firth. He's like the he's the agent in the Kingsman, which is a secret service uh, organization that you know beyond secret, beyond the beyond the beyond secret. This is the organization that goes beyond the MI6 and like every other. There's actually there's a scene. Samuel Jackson plays the villain. He's this like American like business like you know almost uh, what's his face Zuckerberg style character mm. who's like you know like, you know he's got his big company. He's kind of like that mixed with Apple. But he's got obviously an evil plan. He's, he's got all these, all these things going, and he there's a scene with him where he's explaining to his his henchman, uh, played by Sofia Butella, who has uh, wait for it, uh, blades for feet. They're beautiful. <laughs> they're they're interesting. Like I say, inventive. That, that's what I really appreciate about. Uh, no, admittedly, that, that may have been in the comic. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, but... I don't know. But regardless of that, it's the way the action with the legs is shot. That's yeah. Inventive. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, but she, she's the you know she's the evil henchman, and it's funny. I can see it playing on the Bond villain tropes, but I I like it way more. I feel like this is having more fun. I feel like Bond is never as fun as this. I think you're watching the wrong Bonds. Mm. I don't know. I've not seen any of the Roger it, it got, stuff. It got but... more fun, like like actively outrageous fun sort of stuff. Especially when she gets like Pierce Brosnan. That that's just stupid fun. Uh, I saw a couple of his. I, I wasn't wasn't keen. I never saw the one that everyone raves about. I never saw GoldenEye, but I've seen the two after that. One day we're doing GoldenEye. <laughs> oh, God. Um, nah, because I feel like at this point I'd, I'd insist on doing all the ones before before we get there. And I don't think I, I see myself going through those 15 <laughs> or whatever Bond movies to get there. Oh, I'd uh, be so down for that. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so there's a scene where Samuel Jackson's character, the villain, uh, whose name is Valentine, he talks about how, the, uh, like... China, Beijing, they don't even have a name for the Secret Service, that's how secret it is. So, you know, whereas every, you know, you think of MI6, you think of the CIA, you think of, you know, all these different yeah. organisations. But, you know, the KGB even, if you're going back uh, back a ways. So the idea that Kingsman's this ultra-secret thing underground, Colin Firth is the, the uh, uh, what's his name in this? Galahad. Yes. Also Harry, but Cal- Galahad is like his code name, and they all have like code names, and the idea is that there's a set number of them, and then when one of them dies, they they get some recruits in and they train them up and they see which one's the best, and they replace, they take on the mantle of the the one who, you know, the one who died. Yeah. Uh, so a big part of this movie is they're looking for the new Lancelot because Lancelot, you know, bites it uh, towards the start of the movie, and so that's when you know our other main character in uh, Eggsy, played by Taron Egerton, he he's like this little uh, how do I describe this so that everyone will understand what I mean. <laughs> Um, this this is one of those moments where you can tell this film is exceptionally British. I don't think it's exceptionally British, but I do think the fact that you have uh, all the creative heads are all are all British, and you can tell mm. that they understand what they're doing in all these scenes. Whereas if this had went to someone else, if this went to an American director, some of this earlier stuff that's set in London would probably feel a bit off. Whereas here, it's almost distracting how accurate it is. Do you know what? I think to go back to the the Bond comparisons, it's one of those things where obviously Bond's a British creation and he's a British character, but the movies feel very American. And I think this does as well. Do you think? Yeah, I think in some respects. The, the way it's shot is American. The, oh, the way it's shot, absolutely. The, the, this, and this is not to throw, like... I mean, th- think of English action movies, right? Or yeah. British action movies. There's not a lot of them, and, like, yeah, you could probably think, okay, Edgar Wright does it quite well, and but 
usually, like the, the way the action shot is not something I'd expect from a, a British movie. Certainly, and, no, that, that's fair. Uh, I, and, I think the the script is very British. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So he he's this, you know. Like his, we see a flashback at the start where his dad was in. The, he was training to be in the service, and he got killed. So he's given this medallion as a little boy, and he's told to phone this number and you know uh, say this if you ever need to get out of a jam, and mm. we'll be there because we owe you a favor. But this just happens around the same time that they need a new recruit. So Colin Firth comes and uh, brings him in, and he's a little sort of reckless, sort of you know part-time criminal, little. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to say the word chav, but <laughs> it's it's, that, that's. The, the annoying problem is that's what the word for him is. Oh, it is. Uh, or, if, or if you're Scottish, Ned, uh, to translate that for Scottish folk. Fair, fair enough. But the problem is if you don't know that word already, it means nothing to you. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. Um, but you, you, you get it from the context. I think, you know, because mm. they never mention those words. It's just, you know, this is who he is. This is the sort of life he's leading. So he's a bit of a waste. He's not really doing anything with himself. He's, he's clearly talented. He's, he's a smart kid, but he's... You know, he's kind of thrown it all away, uh, and he blames circumstance for that. But a big part of the movie is that Colin first like, no, stop blaming circumstance for who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Yeah, you've got to do, do make make yourself what you want to be. Which is a big theme of the movie, of course. It's uh, you know about you know it's, it's kind of a coming of age story almost, and it uh, is in some respects. Yeah, yeah, rising to the challenge, but it's also a ridiculous action movie uh, with uh, all this stuff going on. So he gets trained, and that's kind of the the plot of the movie. And meanwhile, you have Samuel L. Jackson, who's got some kind of worldwide plan that's going to do something bad it, you know it's not very clear it's a, i think it's a spoiler to say what the plan is because it's, it's not until later it on is, the movie. It, like, that's kind of the whole thing with him he's like he has a, a front as you know public persona and it's like okay mm. you get he's doing something and it's to do with global warming because that was his kind of his whole big thing yeah yeah he's, but, he's up to something shady basically yeah but you don't know quite what yeah uh, you've also got michael kane he's like the head of the the kingsman secret service he's he's the the older man, you got Mark Hamill in a surprising uh, role. Uh, he's just kind of this this uh, university professor, professor yeah, yeah, who who gets mixed up in things a I, little I, bit. I, I know that that was supposed to be like a fun nod because in the in the comic, hmm. the character that he plays he, he plays a character that wasn't in the comic, but the role was filled by Mark Hamill in the comic. Wait, what? So you know, like the the character that Mark Hamill plays, yes, he plays you know this professor. That professor didn't exist, but the the bit of the plot that revolves around him at the start of the movie, in the comic, that bit of plot just revolved around Mark Hamill instead. Okay, right. I get you. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I will say him doing his English accent sounded a lot like his Joker at times. It did, didn't it? Uh, it was almost a little bit distracted. I was like, oh man. I was like, yeah, sure, he's the one that's meant to be in danger in this scene with all these like, you know, bodyguards around him, but I'm like, I feel but you're like... you're just waiting for him to turn the tables. Yeah. And, yeah. I feel no, like I at, at any time he's going to stab everyone in the room. I, I just I feel it in my, in my stomach. No, it, it's it's true. Uh, so so he's there. You got you got that. He also got Mark Strong who plays uh, Merlin. He's like he's another high-ranking uh, Kingsman. He's kind of like the guy who's training them all. He's the one grading them all. Um, he, he's also if to go back to the Bond comparisons, mm. he's probably the most similar to Q. Yeah, he's, he's a bit more active than Q would be. He is, but he still kind of fills that role of the, the yeah. quartermaster. Um, he first of all, I'll say it's nice to see him not be a villain for once because he's always a villain. It's true, isn't it? That's just who he is. Uh, I will say that his Scottish accent that he's putting on is a little hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. 
That's fair to say. Uh, took a little bit getting used to that, but uh, he's otherwise quite good uh, yeah. in the movie. So, much like other Matthew Vaughn's other movies, there's a sense of humour to it, there's definitely funny moments throughout, but there is a heart, and there is the action scenes. He's, he's got kind of a winning, I don't want to say formula, but there's definitely elements that you see popping up in a lot of his movies where he balances really well between the humour, the heart, the action. Yeah, there, there are things that you can point at and go, that's a Matthew Vaughn movie. And I think they all, you know, Stardust has that, Kick-Ass has that, uh, X-Men First Class even has that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that one probably has the least amount of humour compared to the others, but you can still tell, it's still there. And mm. uh, so, so, that's all very well balanced throughout the movie. Um, and, yeah, so... Just uh, had you seen this since release in the cinemas? Is this your first time revisiting it? I think so. Yeah, I don't don't think I've watched it since. Yeah, until now. Me too. I think I saw it a couple of times in the cinema, but then I hadn't watched it. No, till now either. Yeah, I was glad to revisit it, especially since the new one's coming out. Like I, I mean, I remembered it to a point, but like obviously there's some details. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, the 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 outlines, you know, the 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 set pieces and Mm. certain bits of humor. But there's a lot that I'd forgotten. Yeah, so it was nice to to go back to it. Um, I I do think I like the movie more in the second half once it really gets going and the plot really starts to. I, I think there's a lot of setup in the first half, uh, mm. which is it's fine, uh, but I think the second half is just much stronger because everything flows together really nicely and that's where things really come together. That's where you get the famous church scene and the you know the stakes go up and. A lot of it means a lot because of all the setup you get in the first half, but there there is a, a good chunk of the first half where it is just a lot of new elements being introduced one after the other, and just, you know it takes a lot of while to get your foot in. Yeah, but but at least there's some yeah you know, there, there's still some action highlights that are going on that kind of keep you interested. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely things peppered throughout to uh, so uh, not wake you up. It's, it's not like that. Yeah, but... it, it never goes too long. Of this is just new information without yeah. having some fun every so often. Yeah, and there's a lot of nice little visual cues throughout with, you know, the actors will do these little things that will tell you something about the character in mm. in little ways, you know, before you, you know, before you see, like, it sets up quite early on that Eggsy can, you know, do sleight of hand and things like that, and it, you know, it it, it gives you all these other sort of minor characters to sort of care about a little bit so that when stuff's going down at the end and the whole, whole world's in danger, there's some people sprinkled throughout that we actually kind of care about to an extent, yeah. so that it's not just all meaningless. It's not all just, you know, oh, the world's going to end. Well, that's great, but <laughs> not know anyone in the world, so who cares? Uh, that's, a, that's a cynical viewpoint, but that's kind of how you feel sometimes with these movies, because it just says, oh, the world's going to end. But Yeah, and it's like, okay, we get it. You're, you're setting up, a, it's a big, massive threat, but you've got to give us a reason to care about something specific. Yeah, and sure enough, we set up that he has, his mother's still around, he's got a little sister who's like still a baby, uh, so we know those people. He's, he's got friends as well. We see them at the start of the movie, and you know we don't really see them again much throughout the rest of it. But but, but we we know that they're there, and yeah. that, you know that that he has this this good relationship with them. Yeah, exactly. So it sets up all. It, it gives it the human element that when stuff's going down, there's like someone to uh, anchor it. Yeah, someone to anchor it, and it also means that we can see how much he's transformed. Because when he goes back to his own world at the end, it's kind of like. Okay, we. This is where he came from, but now he sticks out as being really different, and you see the yeah. the, the progression uh, from there. So, so no. Um, I think we'll get spoilers. I, I, you know, because I want to talk about specific scenes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, but needless to say, it's it's, it's a very uh, good movie. It's very well paced. It's a very good action. Um, pretty strong characters. 
Um, yeah. And I, I think the, the, my, my sort of my biggest compliment I can probably give it is that as someone who does not give a shit about James Bond or the spy genre, typically, uh, like I, I still had more fun out of it than I should have. I still prefer Kick-Ass. I think Kick-Ass is a, a stronger movie to me. But um, I think this is actually way stronger. If you'd, if you'd told me this plot, if you'd just sat down and pitched this to me, I would have assumed that I'd be like, eh. No, but I Ma- get you. But Matthew Vaughn knows what yeah, he's doing. I, I think I prefer this over Kick-Ass, but then... I'm a lover of those spy movies, those Bond movies. Mm. What this is, what this is playing at, and having fun with. So that appeals to me already on a base level already. So yeah, to so me it doesn't. To me, actually, it starts in a place where okay, I don't really care about any of this shit, yeah, and then it, it earns it. That, yeah, yeah, it has to. It earns it throughout the movie where it, it makes me care about the characters. That I'm like, okay, right, I'm into this now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not there right at the start. That said, the ridiculous, over-the-top, last-action-hero-style opening titles uh, of the like the building blowing up and it's like the camera's swooping in and they're forming the yeah. letters. I like that. <laughs> that was... the, the, there's a moment where it, it took me out of it, just for a moment, you know, that, that first one where it's this, you know, like, explosion on the building and it like it has this effect mm-hmm. and it kind of looks strange and then it goes into the words and it's like, oh, I get it. Now, because because the the base of the, the music is like dun dun, and it's like you know, you're going th- over the the line and the words are coming at you. It's, it's very energetic, very stylized, very. He's doing everything he can to make this movie feel like it's got a forward momentum, uh, yeah. and it does. It it really does. It does. Uh, so I will say I'm a little bit not resentful. That's that's too strong a word, but it does upset me a little bit that Kickass's sequel got shipped shipped off to some other asshole. And that turned out to be a complete train wreck of a movie, and it came back for Kingsman. That, that annoys me a little bit. I would, I would have wanted Matthew Vaughn's Kickass too, but hey. I get that. But if if I had to pick, I'm, I'm gonna go with, with this one. But obviously, I haven't seen Kingsman two yeah, yet, so it could, yeah. could be bad. Although I don't I see that. It, but but I, this is the one I'd prefer to have the sequel to. Yeah, I I, I am in a different boat. But it's done now, so I'll take another good Matthew Vaughn movie, regardless of what it is. Mm. So, um, so full spoilers uh, from this point on. Full spoilers for the movie. Um, so let's talk about action sequences then, because I feel yeah. like that's do, the big standout. Start with some of the smaller ones. Uh, yeah, we can do. You know, maybe start with the you know in the in the pub, the bar. Yeah, that's the one that stands out in the first half for sure. Yeah, that's that's where he kind of shows what he can really do. Uh, yeah. Beyond death, I was calling forth. You know, we've been introduced to these bullies who are kind of a part of like. So, so Eggsy's mom is dating this asshole who appears to have his own sort of crew. I don't think they're quite a gang, but they're kinda a kind of a, a collection of friends. A collection of thuggish friends who do thuggish things together. Yes, but but definitely not a gang. <laughs> yeah, a gang gang is giving them too much. I think credit. Yeah, I will say that he succeeded in making me want to see their faces punched into oblivion every second they're on screen. Uh, these these were the, the 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 worst type of British characters that I hate seeing and things. No, hit them with cars. Do do whatever you want to them. It's fine. Yes, yeah, great sequence with a car. Yeah, yeah, car car was amusing. But so so Colin Firth basically shows what he's capable of by taking on this this uh, group 
and you know, you know, he throws the uses his umbrella, which it turns out is more than just an umbrella, but is you know, and he you know throws the beer at one of them, and he hits a bunch of them, and it's, it show, it gives you that sense of the way you can you know the kinetic movement through the action yeah, it's, scene. It's where you get oh, this is the style. It's got a real flow to it, more than almost any other action thing that I've seen recently. Yeah, Iron Fist could do with. Uh, Oh God! Watching someone, whoever choreographed this, please, Netflix, Marvel, hire them. <laughs> so I see at this point I don't want to waste a person on that. I want them, to, oh, this person, true. whoever choreographed this, should keep doing stuff with Vaughn or whoever else and do other just good just movies. Just do awesome things. Yeah. Uh, so that one's that one's sort of the early standout, uh, and then there's other little bits that are really good because obviously when they're training the kids, there's. Uh, you know the, the whole water sequence where they, they fill the, the the bunk room full of water and they have to like get out, um, and this is where you think it's getting quite dark because one of the, the students gets killed and you think, oh man, they're willing to kill people off. Although we find out later, it's all a bit, bit of a all, bit of a ruse. It's a bit of a ruse. The person who died there was actually okay, and they were actually just a planted person to give them a death for the, the first yeah. the first game. Yeah, because that, that's the whole thing. It's like here's your body bags. You know, you, you sign it and accept the risk. Like, and then when, they, when they fire them out the plane, and he tells them over the, the mic that one of them, one of their parachutes don't actually work or, or isn't there, mm. so they have to sort of work together to make sure they all they all like land. So it's one by one they drop, and then the idea is that the two that are left can do as a pair. All very smart, it's a really short, well shot sequence. Um, but then you have Eggs. He's like, "Why am I the one whose parachute didn't work? Because he because he, he was the last one. They never pulled his string." And then, you know, Mark Strong makes him come over and, like, pulls it and he goes flying back because the parachute comes out. It was a lie. Yeah. It forced them to solve the problem even though that technically they were all I, I think what, one of my small, small complaints is that Mark Strong didn't go, you know, never believe what someone tells you. Yeah, you know, that's something. Like, that should have been part of the lesson, I think. Uh, yeah. Just, I, just because I they it. were told that that's the situation, they should have... The lesson should have been, you, you should check this for yourself. If I have a complaint about all the tests, it, it would be that... I think eventually I was like, okay, I'm not just going to, I'm going to not believe the rules because every single time they've put a little twist on the end of it to say, oh no, that you were fooled because either this wasn't real or this was that or that. So it got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of looking for what the the trick is now rather than just seeing what the the the, the drama yeah, of the test. Yeah. So when is. it gets to the final test of the dog, you kind of don't believe it at that point. Yeah, like because you're it, just going, well, this this doesn't line up. Every single one of them up until that point, there's been like a little twist that says, "No, this is actually, this is okay." Like they're not actually putting people's lives in danger here, um, yeah. to a point. So, it, yeah, that would be my one. It's a minor complaint though, because it's it's not like they're not all fun because they are. But they are. You got to a point where, okay, I just don't believe you now. Like the, the the stakes just aren't quite there for those moments. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what separates the movie really well for me is that because we get to the end of the, all this training stuff, and that's just you know it's it's just after Colin first pissed at him for not shooting the dog, which turned out to be a blank. It wasn't actually going to shoot the dog. Um, that's when he goes to the church. That's when that stuff starts to pick up. So it it does make the movie feel a little bit fragmented in that sense because then yeah. when he goes to the church, that kind of starts the third act, and it starts with like okay, we have to go and deal with this problem now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does kind of separate the movie into three chunks. There's before the training, which is when we're introduced to Eggsy and like introduced to all the other elements, and then there's the actual training section, which is probably the longest chunk of the movie. That's like a good hour long, yeah. and then there's the the third act, which is all the stuff uh, with them going to stop uh, Jackson's character and the mountain and everything else. Uh, but that leads us nicely onto the church. Yes. So uh, Valentine's plan is he's given out free SIM cards. 
The idea being that everyone gets free phone calls and free internet forever. But, but, you know, he, he's just doing this at the kindness of his heart. No one, no one's even thinking. You know, maybe he's got an ulterior motive. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Google have a similar scheme going right now to, you know, for like the, for, for third world countries, be like, mm. hey, look, we're going to set you up an infrastructure so you can develop. And I'm like, what are you playing looking, at? I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you, Google. Yeah, what, are you, what are you doing? You feel like if they're doing that, then just two rooms down the hallway, there's like someone from Google just assassinating like little dogs or something. <laughs> yeah. Balance. <laughs> um, so. Oh, so this trust sequence, so his whole thing is that he's going to send a signal through these SIM cards and it'll turn everyone in the vicinity. Uh, basically, kind of similar to like the red kryptonite has on Superman, where it takes yeah. away their inhibitions, but it also pumps up the aggression, so they all start fighting. So it's this hate group, this church in Kentucky, it's a hate group, you know, it's all this, you know, you know, you know heretic they're spouting. Uh, yeah, hate speech, yeah. Everything else. And, and they're all, the whole, like, sermon is against the government it's like no we can't yeah. have any they, they, they want to the, the for abortion for you know gay marriage yeah. all this stuff and it's like okay but it's a really funny moment because colin Frost goes to leave and this woman's like why where are you going and he's like well i'm a i'm a catholic, catholic whore. whore i have a gay boyfriend and we're we both work at an abortion clinic or so it was like i'm, I'm maybe missing yeah. out a couple of details but that was it was like this I, I feel sentence like that it was longer than that yeah. and there was more things but those are the ones that stood out yeah it was basically just this long sentence of here's everything you hate in life i am part of all of it <laughs> get out of my <laughs> way bitch um uh, so that was a funny line but basically it triggers this thing this is the test for the for the thing that he's going to do worldwide and everyone in the church starts to go nuts and starts like punching and fighting but the interesting thing is, though, is that what he doesn't know actually before this, he, he's figured out that you know uh, Galahad's part of some Kingsman organization. He's not really sure what it is at this point. Mm. But he, of course, has the skill to actually kill people. He has the skill to go into these fights. So because of that, he basically massacres everyone in the building because he's good enough to to fight his way out of it. Yeah, it's a it's a last man standing situation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's basically obviously he's not in control. He wouldn't actually kill all these innocent people now admittedly they're just giving us a reason to not care too much because they're a bunch of hate hateful people right so we're watching this going yeah go on kill them <laughs> but he's not actually willfully doing this but because he has the skill he's the one who's winning he's the one who's beating everyone else and it is just this glorious the, the first part of it is it's not quite a winner i can actually see the tricks into where they've slotted you, in the you cuts. can if you're looking for them but yeah. it looks good yeah is, is this you know this camera's moving around very you know, again very kinetic i keep using that word but that's how they feel and he's using his gun he's shooting lots of different people then he runs out and he starts using a blade at one point someone stabs him in the shoulder he uses that for other people um i mentioned that he does something with a gun that i'd never seen before he basically you know he takes the top off and he's got the two parts of the handgun and he stabs one of them in the guy's neck and then the other one in the eye and it's like, it's I've cute. never seen someone take apart a gun and use it as a stabbing weapon. No, no, I haven't either. Um, there's lots of other things here, though. There's, at, at one point, um, he throws he a guy... He the Bible. He hits someone with the Bible. He throws someone into a wall, and the guy's head snaps back the way, and it just sort of rests there, snap back. It's a really quick thing. I don't think I ever noticed mm. that my first time. There's the one where he stabs the woman in the stomach. Yeah. Luckily, she was not pregnant, though. She, as far as we know. No, <laughs> well, she wasn't showing anyway if she was. Right. That would be a, a weirdly ironic abortion. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't think it counts as an abortion if it also kills the mother. A failed abortion. 
Uh, so it's a really fun scene. It's very good. It's kind of like okay, here's the showpiece. Here's the the scene that he, he clearly worked a lot on to like get this down. Like, how's this going to flow? How's it going to feel? And it does. But it has this weird tinge to it because everything that's happening is bad. It's not like he's doing this heroic act. Right. It's this horrible thing where it's like, okay, this is really fun to watch. You've got the music going. You got the the solo from uh, Freebird. It's Freebird. Yeah. Uh, which is a stupidly long solo as it is. I should point out. It's like four and a half minutes. I'm okay with that. Well, the song in a total is like nine minutes, so that's okay. It is. Half the song is the solo. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> but, um, so it's like this really energetic, it's like, oh, this is fun. And then obviously, like you said, it's so kinetic, there's so much motion, and it's just, it wants you to be having fun with this. It's like, yeah, but he's just killing all these dudes. They probably shouldn't be. And he, he he's, he's not really in control here. And you can see he's not happy because he gets out of the room, like it wears off. He's killed everyone. He's standing there and everyone's dead. You know, grenades went off. Someone gets set on fire at one point. Like, it's been a, just nothing but chaos. He gets outside and, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's standing there and he's like, oh, the, good job. You, you, you killed everyone. It works wonderfully. And he's like, what did you make me do? You, I just killed, like, all those people. What, what have you done? And this is where it gets a little bit meta. And I actually, I remember really liking this the first time I saw it. And I, I still do. Um... Because when he goes to see him earlier on, when he's, he's trying to case him out earlier, and he, he goes over for dinner and he, he serves him McDonald's, which I thought was a weird joke. You know, so this posh, you know, dinner, they, they've got the wine out and a, a tray of McDonald's comes up. And, you know, I, I enjoy some junk food as much as the next guy, but this was a really weird... Like, you know, for if, it's almost like Matthew Vaughn was told, right, you need to put in some product placement for McDonald's, and he went, you know what, fine, I'm going to do it my way, though. And it, yeah, it made a big yeah. scene out of you, it. You, you get the, the the point, I think, especially, you know, like, Valentine's, he's kind of like a man of the people. Even though he's rich, he, he, he's supposed to care. He's yeah, kind of meant the, to be the, ordinary at the sub level. Then they start talking about what kind of wine goes well in a Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, that happens then. Yeah. But anyway, so... And they share a lot of movies, and it becomes this kind of weird undertone, like, conversation where, like, oh, I always admired the villain for this reason. I always admired, oh, I always admired the... You know, and Colin Firth even says, uh, I, I don't like the new spy movies. They're too real. I like the old goofy ones. And, uh, you know, it kind of ties into, you know, the movie, you know, is really over the top in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's, it's playing into those old goofy ones. But it calls back to that scene here when uh, Samuel L. Jackson says... Uh, about, you know, if this was a movie, this would be the point where, you know, I, I explain my, all my plan, and then I think of some weird convoluted way for you to be killed, and then you equally figure out a convoluted way to get out of it. But it's not that kind of movie, and he just pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. I like mm. that moment. It, it's pointing out the trope, and then it just breaks it. It just says, no, we're not it doing is. that. And, and I think it's fascinating given the next movie. Yeah, the next movie kind of is going back on it a little bit. Right, which because obviously when when you see that line originally before this next one, you know, it's like okay, you get it. It's it's going. It's saying that kind of movie. It's making a statement. Yeah. And now it's like okay, but at heart, it kind of is that movie still. It, it kind of is, and I think maybe what you could read into that though is that Samuel Jackson's character thinks it's that kind of movie because he thinks he's going to win, but ultimately the good guys still save the day at the end. Yeah. So. I think that's maybe the hint that maybe, okay, he's not actually... Like, he thought he was right in the moment, but he wasn't. How do you think they're going to do it? Because he sees he's got an eye patch in the trailer for the new one. I think they're going to be like, oh, he had some metal thing behind his eye that stopped it from going into his brain. So his eye's gone, but that, he's... Or, or he was dead, and they brought him back. Like, they, they oh, get yeah, so okay. ridiculous that I wouldn't be sure. opposed to it. Like, it's, it's so over the top and ridiculous anyway that if they said, yeah, the bullet went straight through his eye, but, you know, it was cleared, we, we patched him up, we brought him back somehow... 
they give you some you know pseudoscience explanation i'll go with it yeah my only my only concern my only concern about any of this is that they'll make fuel death like it doesn't matter in this in this universe yeah, will it undermine Exy's journey yeah any, any danger anyone gets into are we going to feel that it's not worth anything now because we know people can just come back because when this happened it was like legitimately shocking like he was kind of billed as not i mean Exy's the main character he's the protagonist yeah but he's top villain he's yeah. the First he's the actor this, yeah. that you've got as the lead. Yeah, so this was a big moment. It was like, no, he's not even making it to Act 3. The end of Act 2 is he gets killed, and now the young folk with uh, you know Mark Strong's Merlin, they have to save the day. They have to come in and do yeah, what they're going to do. they have to step up and take his place. Yeah, and Eggsy kind of like, sort of earns his worth because he, he goes to uh, Michael Caine and realises that he's been one of these. Because basically, over the course of the movie, Mark Hamill's character was the first one we saw this happen to, and... Uh, again, not a good action scene. That's when uh, the, the first Lancelot dies. He comes to rescue Mark Hamill mm. and gets killed by uh, uh, Gazelle. Nayflex. Aye. <laughs> Gazelle. Yeah, Gazelle. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure it's her name. It's, it's Gazelle, yeah. Uh, I, I was going to go with uh, Nayflex, but yeah, that's Gazelle. Do. Gazelle's uh, a pretty cool name. It's memorable. Yeah. So, and that was an okay action scene. He does a really cool thing where he, like, you know, does, again, it's the very sort of fluid. It's, it's like, I, I remember when Equilibrium came out. And they used this phrase called gun kata, where it was like mixing martial arts with guns. This isn't quite the same thing, but it reminds me of it in a lot of ways because they keep moving with the guns. They don't just... Because a lot of action movies, especially from the 80s, especially stuff like James Bond, they'll sit behind cover and they'll shoot and they'll you know stand in place and it's very static almost. It's, it's what normally happens with guns. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's realistic, but it's good because it's not realistic. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Yeah, but you know, instead it's like, you know, all this like spinning around and like, you know, getting the arm in a lock and then shooting them. And, you know, the idea of mixing the hand-to-hand combat with the guns uh, yeah. is, is what makes it a lot of fun. But uh, where was I going? Uh, shooting the head. Aye, so, uh, so all the rich people and these important politicians and like famous uh, like uh, royalty from various countries, obviously the Swedish princess is the one that we sort of meet, who... You know, Valentine decides that he's going to keep her safe from what's going to happen because they want, he wants her to be around after, but he locks her in a cell too. Yeah, well, you get the impression that there's all these, because we keep hearing about all these celebrities that yeah. have gone missing. I think you know, what was the, the first one was like Iggy Azalea, I think, was the one that you hear on the news. Yeah. But but the ones that agree to the plan actually get let back out as if nothing ever happened. But they've all yeah. got these scars because they've all got these implants, which can be self-detonated so their heads explode in case they decide to try and talk, but otherwise will keep them safe from the, the signal. That's yeah, going to go it's, out. A, it's a little blocker. Yeah. So, but he goes to Michael Caine and he's, he notices the scar and he realises that Michael Caine's also in this. He's also a part of this. So he uses the sleight of hand, which, by the way, I'll, on a rewatch, this was the one moment where I felt, oh, that was really obvious this time. Yeah. The, the, this little thing where he says, oh, who's in the painting? And the camera looks over it with cut, Michael Caine. You, you watch the camera cut away over and, and hide it. The first time, I don't think it was as noticeable, but this time it, it felt super, like... Uh, it's there to hide the fact that what he's doing. It's not there. It's kind of it... clunky, isn't it, when you watch yeah. it? Because you kind of overlook it because the camera's been moving so much anyway. Because that's you know what the what the movie's been like. On a rewatch, though, that that, that, that feels unnatural. It feels like it's going out of its way. And I, maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like if you notice, like, like well, that was a weird move. Why did it do that? Maybe yeah. it's supposed to feel unnatural, like you have been tricked. It, it kind of breaks the flow at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and I don't remember feeling that way the first time, but this time because I knew he was doing it. It, it really stood out to me as feeling kind of... Well, that was it, because I'd, I'd actually forgotten where this scene was going. And oh, really? I, yeah. I, I, I was like, I know he gets out of this, because obviously, but I don't remember the specifics. And when that that cut away, I was like, that felt weird. 
I think I remembered it because I, I think I always had a, a slot, small issue with how it was done. Um, as, as much as it made sense, you knew about the pen, you know, the, you know, you put the poison in the drink, but then you, you actually click a button to make the poison activate. Like it's just dormant in the system until you you click the button. Yeah. Um, so they introduced that, and I, I remember just feeling like the the, the the cut back to when he switched the drinks. I just remember that feeling a little bit forced. Like it felt kind of yeah, the actual showing it. Yeah, it just it felt like oh, this was a couple of minutes. This was like, not even a couple of minutes. So this was like thirty seconds ago you did this. Um, I don't yeah. know. I just felt like I didn't need to see it. Whereas, just you know, I, I like the idea that Michael Caine flicks the button, thinking like he's going to start like dying, and he starts feeling ill, and he's like, "Oh, wait, you little prick!" Yeah. And I love how Michael Caine's accent, it, as he's dying, it goes full Cockney. It does because he's put it on the posh voice. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you fucking little prick!" <laughs> as he goes down. So good. It's also another one of the, the, the examples in this movie of, you know, Chekhov's gun is so adhered to that that rule of. You know, if you oh, we, we got like four Chekhov guns in this. No, I know, but that's what I mean. Like everything it adheres to, because you think, oh, okay, one of these must be a po- red herring. Poison pen, the grenade, the blade in the shoe. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's more. There probably is another one, but that's the three that are coming to mind. But like, like all of them, like there is no nothing that's just introduced just for the sake of it. Like everything you mm. see comes up. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, so that's where he teams up with Roxy, who won the the tournament. She's the sort of the other main can. We basically we had her, and then we had the douchey guy who kept like making fun of Exy for being lower class because all the other candidates all came from Cambridge and Oxford. And that's it. Know. When he comes in, he's like Cambridge or Oxford. Which one? <laughs> Neither. Oh, St Andrews then. <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> no, that one either. No, no, no. You you serve me a McDonald's. Yeah. No, no, another McDonald's place. Mm, nah, I, 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 I feel, think feel... about it. Yeah, I think that, and then you know when we see, uh, I keep forgetting his name, uh, Galahad. I just I'm thinking Colin Firth, but I want to use the character's name. Uh, we see his place. He's got this room full of newspaper, like uh, front pages, and every single one is the Sun. Like they're all the yeah. same newspaper. It's like, what you wouldn't pick multiples? And I get that you know Fox made the movie and Fox have connections to the Sun. So to, to be fair, at least on that one, I feel like if I was collecting that. You'd want some consistency, no, just oh, to have okay. to have proof. Go, you know, if, if it, it's gonna have a nice uniform look to it. I feel though, given that he's a gentleman, he'd have a broadsheet. You, you, you're right. He should, but I think that's the point. You know, it's the idea that this is the celebrity news instead of his thing. So you go for the most overtly celebrity. Yeah, this is what more people are talking about. Yeah, so uh, I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, so they team up, and she, she's going to like they're on the plane. She's going to go into space to shoot down a satellite, so he can't send the signal. So we get some ridiculous balloon contraption from the uh, the Reagan Star Wars program. That's where they claim it came from. Uh, so that's good fun. Uh, but they, they, you know, they all to go to the mountain. They find the mountain. They get inside, and. Exig is in pretending to be some rich dude. This is when we first see him in the suit. Like he's put, he puts on the suit, puts on the glasses, and this is him. Yeah, like, yeah. And he's using uh, Michael Caine's real identity. I can't remember his name because obviously we just know Harry. Arthur. Harry. No, 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 no. Harry's Firth. Oh, Michael Caine's identity. Sorry, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I just I heard Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> did I say Colin Firth? No, you didn't. You didn't. I just I heard that. <laughs> right. Okay. No, because obviously his we, he, we only ever know him as Arthur, but then. They do. They do give his name here, and it's his phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. his invitation. Yeah, he, he goes in and he, he like he, he tries to talk to the Swedish prime minister, who's obviously been complicit. He uses his computer, and everything goes down. Uh, and you know, once he gets caught, like they, 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 obviously the satellite gets shut down, so it stops it from happening. 
they're going to get, get a sort of another company satellite in a few minutes, so it's not only delayed yeah, in a yeah, few yeah. minutes. He's like, what about that one? Just move that yeah. one over. Well, it's not yours. It's so, like, zoom in. Whose is it? Then we get a lot of round around in these tunnels in this this mountain base. Mm. Uh, a lot of fun action shooting again. Uh, a lot of uh, kind of parkour kind of stuff with him, like you know, bouncing off the walls and dodging people and all yeah, sorts. And we, obviously, that that like parkour stuff is something that we'd seen early on. You know, when he when he runs away from the guys outside his flat. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah he goes down like this because it's it's a really kind of intricate looking apartment block actually. This this place it that he is, lives isn't in. it? Uh, it's, it's got like all these walkways that are kind of you know upwards a bit, and those stairs going down to lower lock walkways. It's like a couple of connected high rises. Kinda, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had for a fun little sequence though, because he sort of was ducking and diving. Yeah. Through all of it, um, but he so he, all this action shit out, um, and it actually it works out. He actually runs back to the plane. You know, uh, uh, what's his face? Merlin comes out the plane, and he you know he helps him out to get back to the plane, and everything seems kind of fine. But he's like, nah, sorry, he's got an all satellite. You're gonna have to go back in. Guns blazing. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I have to go back in. Uh, which is when he goes and gets the umbrella, and he he goes back in, and we get get a lot of fun action sequences. Although. He gets outnumbered. He actually gets to this point where there's an entire army of men on either side, and this is where it gets kind of. I guess this is where it matters where we care about the characters because the music kind of ramps up. It's it was almost like music from Kickass. Actually, it was oh, it was almost getting into the uh, the sunshine track. It didn't do it, but it almost felt like it would was going to. Mm. There was a couple of bars, and you, you kind of hear the the kind of the 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 female vocal kind of like coming in and i could almost yeah. hear it get into that track there's, there's a few really obvious musical inspirations one of them is actually the avengers uh you know that that main theme that you know it's from the mm-hmm. the start of that movie it kind of comes up a lot you know whether whether they're in the the, the helicopters at the start of that movie where that all comes up whether the titles come up oh the main and, theme yeah 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 but like that that specific version death the earliest the version that comes up quite a lot in this I didn't notice that. I think this main theme is better than the Avengers, though. Hmm. I mean, it, it's a more developed version, but at its core, it's very similar. I never, never noticed any uh, similarities personally, mm. but other than the fact that it sounds like a heroic, you know, bit of brass, like you know, beyond yeah, that, yeah. I never really noticed any uh, similarities. And, and and of course, obviously, they sprinkle in the James Bond chord every so often. Hmm. Uh, so no, I, I like the music a lot actually in this. It's uh, good, yeah. Which, which I typically, I mean, it's normal for me to like the music in Mark uh, Matthew Vaughn's movies because like I like the score for Stardust, I like the the weird score for uh, Kickass, which is this weird, wonderful combination of lots of different things that have been reused and repackaged. But it's like it's almost like he took a greatest hits of other movies that he liked and so, yeah, it is. But he did new like I mean, not Matthew Vaughn himself, but he, he got new versions of them done. It's like you know that that. That track from Twenty Eight Days Later, or that track from Sunshine, like they, they they wrote new tracks around them, and it goes in and out yeah. of them into new things, and it's it's, it's a weird uh, soundtrack, Kickass, but it's really good. It is. Um, but yeah, so the music's ramping up, and the army's coming in, and it, it, obviously at the last minute he thinks of, oh, can you set off all the uh, the head bombs, which he does, and we get this glorious, you know, uh, you'll know the name of it. The graduation music plays. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the name. Or uh, Macho Man, uh, Randy Savage's entrance music uh, for other people. Um, but you know, you, you know what? Uh, so that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that plays as all these like heads are exploding in multicolored little. It's almost like miniature nuclear blasts. That's what it looks like. It's yeah, really... and it forms this like fireworks display. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about it is this is where it doesn't just explode them all 
at once. It's not a simultaneous, just okay, click, boom. Mm. It's this. It's this choreographed sequence that is just incredible. Which feels like creative. I mean, the whole idea is like not exactly. <laughs> no, but this no this is more so because like you say you, yeah. you, they're flicking a switch they should all go off but they don't they have this choreograph scene it's like the, the one that really stands out is you know when they're around the the circular table. yeah it, it goes around like that yeah, yeah yeah and it speeds up like halfway around it's ah oh, yeah it's fantastic no it's creative license to just it you know if this was a thing it shouldn't do it this way but it's fun and it looks good and it has a, a beat yes. to it so I, no I, I get the decision for that yeah. it gives it an energy it gives it a flow uh, but like I say, when this was all going down, and he, it looked like he was going to die, and you know, it looked like uh, this missile launcher was going to kill Merlin as well in the plane at the same time. And the music's ramping. I'm like, oh, I actually care about all these characters, and he, you know, he, he tells uh, Roxy who at this point is like landed, uh, like in the mountain I, somewhere. I, I do like that she was the one to go up, given that she was the one who was afraid to do the skydive. Mm. She was the one that, that had the real trouble with the heights. I do think the the downside to that though is that she oddly has nothing to do after that. Like you know, the rest of the movie, yeah. like all like, that's all her stuff goes it, on, but she's it, just kind of stuck in the mountain. Busy movie then doesn't it yeah but she he's like he asks her like please call my mom and make sure that she, she's separate from the, the kid so that you know when this thing goes off she won't kill her baby yeah uh, and you know should we see her do that and you know we, we obviously I, I do have to not criticize but i do have to point out that so after this goes down and this all happens and they're safe and he you know get grabs one of the guns and he goes running in and like you know he shoots the glass and that makes samuel jackson t- his hand has to be on the scanner for this yep. to all be happening he takes it off when the guns start flying, and you know it, it goes on for a, you know a minute before that, where people are starting to punch each other on the beach, you know, in uh, Brazil, and we see it uh, in the streets of London, they're all punching each other. We see a baseball game uh, somewhere in the US, they're all punching each other, uh, but it lasts like a minute. You, you can buy that it's not long enough for any serious damage, right? Mm-hmm. But then uh, what was her face, uh, Giselle? She jumps down to have this one-on-one fight, an incredible one-on-one fight, might I add? Yes. Uh, no, it doesn't top the church scene. The church scene, I think, stands the tallest. That, that's of... that is the highlight. It's I think that's there's a reason that one became you know the church scene. Yeah, uh, but this is I'd forgotten how good this was as well. Like you know, her like swinging. There's at one point she's basically break dancing, but she's you know her legs are spinning around and she's like almost like, yeah yeah. And he's them. got like this this bat. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's maybe a pipe, maybe like because it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. getting cut as she's like spinning and it's like getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, uh, and it, you know, good fun stuff, and it obviously ends with him like taking out his shoe blade, uh, you know, slow motion mid jump, and because it's a poison blade, all he has to do is like nick her once, and that's it. Yeah. But while this fight's all going on, Samuel Jackson's hands on the the thing, so the signal's going out, and you know, we see obviously at uh, Eggsy's mom's house, like she's like you know she's got a knife, she's trying to break her way into the the bathroom where she's locked the kid in, and you say, okay, wait, so. We're going to fix this before she kills the kid. We're not going to see like the, the main character's mom kill her, you know, little daughter. You really hope so. But all I could think was, well, she knew, like, she took precautions, and that was enough time to save the kid. How many other families all oh, yeah. over the world didn't take precautions and were in the same room as their kids? Yeah, we just didn't happen to see those. They don't want you to think about that too hard, because then this movie gets dark as shit and not. All really I could fun. think about was how many kids have just been killed in this, like, you know, three-minute period while this fight's been going on. Lots. <laughs> lots and lots. Yeah, I mean, next generation's going to be quite small based, based on those few minutes. That's all I'm saying. Look, you never know. Maybe in some of the houses, the kids got the knives first. Oh, great, so kids killed their parents, <laughs> then they have to live with that memory. Yeah, even better. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying 
it, it might equal out the generations. I'm just saying that a lot of damage could have been done in those three minutes, is all I'm saying, whilst this fight was going on. I'm sure a lot of damage was done. Uh, so, so, yeah, so, so, so he wins. And uh, obviously, just before he went to this fight, he ran into the Swedish princess who said, oh, if you get me out, I'll give you more than a kiss. And then when he said he had to save the world, he had, she cracks the, you know, the, oh, if you save the world, we can do it. What was the line she says? Because she's not English isn't her first language, she says it in a weird way. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? It's like, oh, then we can do the anal or something like that. It was... It's like, then you can do me in the ass or something like that. It's like a really no, weird No, but even that, was, that wasn't broken up enough. It was more like, uh, then, you can, then we can do ass? It was like that. I it think was, that's it, yeah. yeah. Then we can do ass? It, it was, it was re- weird phrasing, which is why it's hard to remember. Yeah. But you get the point of the jokes. So yeah, matter. but he, so he, he goes back and he, he makes Merlin open the security lock so he can get in I think I don't ever, I think it's a funny joke. Actually, I'm fine with it, but I I do think this is a weird thing to end the movie on. Which yeah. okay, technically we do have another scene that takes place a lot. I bit think again, this is this is going back to spoofing the James Bond things, where you'd often yeah. end with the scene with the lady. Yeah, although I'm pretty sure no James Bond movie ever had them specify it's time for backdoor entry. They didn't, which is why it's supposed to be funny because it's like, look, we're we're we're, we're even more outrageous. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I, I can, I can see that. It's just, it's Personally, just, I think it is funny. But no, I think I, it's funny I, as I remember, well. I, I remember I, I, at the time there was a lot of complaints. Yeah, some people thought the joke was poor taste. I, I, my complaint's not about the joke. I get where the joke is. My, my complaint is that I just it felt weird to me that then you know Merlin closes his computer doors because he doesn't want to watch, and it's as the doors close the credits start playing. I just thought it was a weird note to end on. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, you know, Roxy's still up in the mountain. <laughs> freezing her ass off. Yeah, he doesn't care about that. He's like, yeah, Mel- Merlin can go pick her up. I just, you know, bit, bit strange. Um, but we, do, we have one more scene where he goes back to the pub uh, and he obviously beats up his stepdad and all his friends in the same way that Colin Firth did it's, it, Again, it's, it's a complete mirrored fight. It's it's very, very similar, complete with, you know, flicking the flicking the glass with the umbrella. Yeah, you obviously don't see the whole thing. You see, you see that first part of it. And then he says the same line, you know. Well, are we going to stand around here all day, or are we going to fight? And then cut yeah. to cut to credits. That's all you need. Um, but no, um, you know, I will say, I will say, just sort of looking ahead to the next one, I do. It's, it's a bit of a shame that there doesn't seem to be because uh, obviously they're adding more agents because we're getting the uh, the American statesman, yeah, and we're getting Chan Tatum and. Uh, Jeff Bridges? Oh, he, he may be the villain. Not Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels. No. Who's the villain? So, who's the villain in the second one? That's going to annoy me now. I don't know. There's someone yeah. else. Who, who am I thinking of, people? Let me go and click on it. See, I thought Jeff Bridges as well, but I didn't think he Maybe was Maybe Jeff Bridges. Maybe I'm I, just I thought myself. he was one of the agents as well. Maybe I'm just... I, uh... I, I am intrigued as to how their agency was formed, because we learn here, this was, you know, in, in the aftermath of, I can't remember if it's World War One or Two, where... You know, all the heirs to these fortunes had been lost, so they were like, "Okay, we'll we'll pump it into this. We'll make this as our legacy." Yeah, annoyingly, oh. IMDb does not have this written in the order that would be helpful. There, oh, Julianne Moore's in it. She's, I think, she's the villain. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Okay, is she the new gazelle? I don't think she has knife legs. No. Well, uh, I just want to point out as well. I love that he kills Samuel Jackson with the knife leg. He just chucks it. Yeah, javelin style. It is Jeff Bridges. All right, I'm just. I, I doubted myself. I doubted my memory, and it set me on this path. And there was nothing to ever doubt. I was yeah. right all along. 
God damn it. Yeah, I do think it's... Uh, I would. I hope Roxy gets a bigger role in the second one. And unfortunately, I don't think she will, based on the trailer, because she's in like yeah. one shot. I, I, I can foresee it being her staying over in England. and yeah. Either that or she'll get off in the first act. Yeah, I hope not, Which, Matt. I hope, because A, I like her. I think, I think she's good in this movie. But B, I do, like... I, I was kind of hoping the second one would introduce a, a female agent who was because even she in this movie, like she doesn't get to do any of the action sequences. She she gets to go up in the yeah. the parachute thing, and it's like okay, that's fine, but like because at least you have got Gazelle doing you know yeah a lot of action stuff. Yeah, but it seems like into the second one we're going to have a female villain, which is great. I mean, uh, I'm sure Julianne Moore will you know uh, take great. that. Yeah. But I think it's kind of a shame that it, it seems to not have had like an opportunity for a, a female action hero to actually do all the, uh, you know, do the action scenes. So have have her do one of these fight scenes where she's, you know, oh, moving I, around a lot. I, I feel like in some ways that was like part of, because you know the the whole thing from Arthur to the others is like no, we're very traditional. Like this is the system, mm. and and you kind of get the idea that it was mostly men because of that, like it was entrenched in that oh, system. Oh, yeah, like, see, see when you see all of them meeting at the start, it, it is nothing but white dudes. It's... Yeah, and there's... It, right, yeah, exactly, and even yeah. when they bring in their candidates, there's only two of them that are, that are women, I think. Maybe three? Yeah, two or three. It was mostly men. But, uh, yeah, out of, like, 12. And I just, I don't know, I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, there's so many, like, male heroes in this movie, right? Because, you know, Mark Strong, Colin Firth, I was like, oh, we could really use, like... And I know Roxy's there, but she, you know, she gets right, kind of shafted and that's in it. terms and of. I don't mind the older ones being that. I get because that's the point yeah. of the, the you know, the, that's the system. And obviously, Harry's whole thing is he wants to you know evolve with the times. So I get okay, and that's your excuse to bring in the, the ladies in the younger generation. Yeah, he wants to shake things up. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he goes about it through the class system rather than gender. But... Yeah, yeah, um, and and that, that's fine. Um, I, I just it's, the trailer just seems like oh because you know the new American character is going to get so much screen time it, it does kind of feel like she probably won't get a chance to shine all that much whether yeah. it's because she just stays back and doesn't go or because she's killed off early and I have no I idea said, I'm, I'm hoping she just stays in England for whatever reason actually can I make a uh, I, I don't want to complain I, I actually really like this movie I feel like I'm doing a lot of little nitpicks though and this isn't about this movie so much as it's about the trailer for the second one okay um, although and I guess it's kind of a complaint about the movie itself uh, before I even see it but um, so in the trailer they make this big thing about all the locations from the first one get like blown up right that's like you know that, that yeah. has to show that oh, this, this story is even serious the, the villains are even bigger threat because they know who we are and they've mm. taken out the mansion they've taken out the tailor shop and you know I think uh, we don't care enough about those locations yet that's, that's what I was going to say yeah. I feel like that's something you do in the third movie that's when it's when it's a trilogy. You do that in the third one after we've, we're so established. But I feel like to do it the second is like, well, I don't really care about it that much. Yet. Right. <laughs> so. I, I feel. Like I'm, I guess the point of them doing it is again breaking the cliches of you know that being the third movie thing. But and and trying to you know subvert the expectations by doing it early. But it kind of it's in the third movie for a reason. Yeah, so I, I I do think it's a bit. I mean, I'm sure it won't ruin the movie. I mean, the action again looks great in the trailer. Like you know, the car chase yeah. looks really good. And then for as much as you you know complain, oh, the the new statesmen, you know, they're all you know white men again. Mm. They look like fun characters from what we've seen. Oh, they so do. Far. Yeah, Chan Tatum looks look fun. Um, yeah, it was just, it was something that was really dawning on me on this because we only have one female character really uh, on the hero side. That is on the hero side. Yeah. Yeah, 
and she, you know, she does kind of get shafted. She's kind of just there as a plot point rather than yeah. Yeah, giving her a chance to really like shine like the others do. So I hope the second well, one... Well, that's it, because it, it feels like her part of the plan should be essential. You know, she's going up and stopping the satellite. And it kind of is, but ultimately... But then because it's overcome so immediately, though, by the villains kind of undermines what she did anyway so she didn't really contribute that much it does undermine it, it but even if it didn't undermine it it just it gives uh exit all the good stuff to do like in terms of as a movie like in terms of watching it yeah all the exciting stuff is he gets to do and, and this is the thing like, like i say i like that she's the one that goes up because it's the idea that that's her growth mm. she's overcome that fear of if the heights and stuff so that works for her character but Unfortunately, like you say, it does leave her with nothing to do after. Which isn't so much of a problem after one movie. It was just when I saw the trailers for the second movie, I went, oh, it's kind of a bit weird that it seems to be even more of a sausage fest than it was the first yeah, time. Yeah, because Kick-Ass kind of did a similar problem in its, when it went to its second. Obviously, there's much bigger problems in that second movie. Oh, yeah, tons of problems. But, you know, they got they kind of got rid of all the ladies that they'd set up. They did. That, that really bugged me in the second one, how they, how they kind of discarded the like, the love interest from the first one. Yeah, so. they were just like, forget about her, didn't matter. Yeah, um, which um, obviously, I mean, obviously with Vaughn and I think Goldman's also involved with the second one. With them on board, I'm sure it'll. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting it to yeah. be as bad as as, as that. Obviously, um, I, I, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, it was just, it was just what I thought I had when I was. It was I saw the trailer and then it was when I was I was thinking about it as I was watching this again. I was like, you know, it's kind of a shame that they're not giving her a chance or another female hero a chance yeah. to. Because I mean, I know Edge is the main character, and he's always going to be the main character, and that's cool. That's fine. Like, yeah, he should get. And you the can focus. build your supporting cast, yeah. like it, build her up more. Especially with how much cool stuff Colin Firth got to do in this this first one. Yeah, you know, um, you know. As so. I say, I feel like at least there was Gazelle doing cool stuff on oh, the. Oh yeah, she was badass. Oh, she she was like, absolutely badass. Yeah. But like, like I say, in the in the trailers for the second one, there isn't anyone filling that role because, like you say, Julianne Moore's not going to be doing that. No, nah, she's she's the Samuel L. Jackson of the movie, and oh, that's cool too. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just like would 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 like, let's say she can fight. Would it not be funny to have like Roxy take her on in the fight at the end? Yeah. Well, you know, while the others do uh, something else. Maybe, maybe it's just misleading trailers. Uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, you, you we have only that to go on, so we're making these assumptions, and we, we could be wrong. But that's what they want us to think at this point, at the very least. And it's funny actually. Like we're, we're talking about this, uh, how. We we have the good female villain. We don't really have a lot of other female characters, though, other than Roxy, who we like what we see of her, but she is kind of shafted. I think maybe that's partly why that joke at the end didn't work for a lot of people. Like, because they, they felt yeah. like the movie otherwise kind of shafted the female character. So then you have one at the end who's, you know, her, her entire character purpose is that she's a damsel and then she offers up anal sex for the main character. Yeah, it's because she starts yeah. as quite a strong character. She's the one who has yeah. the moral standing. It's like, no, I'm not doing this. Um, and I think the joke's fine on its own, but I can kind of, like, thinking about it now, you look at the rest of the movie, it's like, okay, I get what you're saying, where the rest of it doesn't necessarily give them, like, you know, other no, no, that, examples. Fair. So, yeah, so I, I think that's maybe why that hut struts a chord at the time. Yeah. I can, I can see it, it now that I'm thinking about it, but... Uh, but let's get off some negativity because the movie's actually really good. It's a really fun action yeah. movie. But my my one last negative complaint. Oh, it's on. not really a complaint of the movie, but more it's going to annoy me. Sure. I'm going to have Dizzy Rascals stuck in my head for the rest of the week, and I hate that song. Yes, Dizzy Rascals. Those people. Yeah. You, all right. Okay. You know the the song in the when he's in the car, bonkers. But near the start. Yeah, you know, when he steals the car. Oh, okay. And that song that's blaring out there, and then it comes up again a bit later. I don't remember it, 
But yeah, I remember, I, I, I remember I hate, a song playing, but I don't remember what it sounded yeah, like. <laughs> I hate that song. Shut up. Go away. I'm sick of this song. I hate it. Ran over. Okay. Uh, so, yes, I, I think this is an example to me of a really competent blockbuster. And what I mean by that is, that it is yeah, it's got the big dumb action and it's got these things. The action itself is well shot, which is obviously a, a change from some blockbusters where you feel like <laughs> it's almost like they get directors who are good at other things but can't quite do the action, so the action comes off feeling kind of weird and it's yeah, kind of and there's it, a necessity. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of what you're there for a lot of the time. So the action is really good, but when I say it's a competent blockbuster, I don't just mean that. Obviously, it's good that it does that. Uh, it goes above and beyond in the action. The action is kind of the, the big thing, but the the characters are well-rounded. They're well-written to the point where they have arcs, which is really important. Yep. Uh, like you say, all the Chekhov guns all play off. It's very it's very efficiently written. It's very a solid script it in is. the way that um, everything pays off. Uh, again, uh, maybe a lot of this actually comes from Miller, but I really like the mythology and the lore behind, uh, of the world of the, the Kingsman. See, that's the thing. I don't give a shit about the lore. I, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in it. Though. I, I thought there's I'm, enough there that I go, oh, I like this. I, I think even na- the name sounds boring to me. Like it's just, it's just not something I really care about. But the good characters, the good action, everything else in it is what makes it. me no, care. No, no, I get like, all yeah. that stuff's better. But I like, I'm, I'm like, I like the lore at a core level. Like you know, when you learn they're all they're they're all Arthurian characters and they're all named after these. I'm like, oh, this is I, I like this. So the idea that there, there are all these knights and they're the the chosen ones. Mm. That's like, just, it, it, it just comes down to a taste thing and an interest is, thing yeah. because it's kind of like how I'm not typically into historical epics based on you know just it's the subject like you know Ben Hur. I'm not a fan of that movie. I think it's really boring. It's like four hours long and you know I'm not saying there's nothing good in it, but it just like did nothing for me. So mm. uh, on a similar line, like you know. Had Ridley Scott's name not been attached to it, I would be like, oh, I don't know if I want to see Gladiator. But you know, then I ended up really liking Gladiator because it was a really good movie. Um, this is kind of a similar thing where I, I don't really care about what the movie's about necessarily. Like you know, no, I get you say it's it's the same sort of thing where like telling me that information isn't what's going to get me there to watch it. Mm. But when I'm watching, I'm going, oh, I, I find this interesting. I really, I'm enjoying getting these little little bits of information about the world, and it, you know, just to, to make this world unique to to something else, and that yeah. that kind of just deepens the connection for me. Yeah, for me, it's the characters, and then the mythologies, like whatever. Uh, oh yeah, it's definitely lower than the characters, but, but it's, be, it's it's just an extra level. Be, be consistent, obviously. Like it'll annoy me if you start like betraying your own mythology, but like I'm, I'm yeah. not too far. You know, it, it's, it's, quite... it's, it's different to say something like uh, I don't know. Alien, where I, I, I genuinely get really interested in that mythology. I start to think about, oh, how does this this universe work, and like, what's Earth yeah. like now, and like, you know, the Will and Jutani Corporation and them doing all these but, things. But, but that's the thing; I've already done that with this. You know, like when I said, oh, they're interested in the Statesmen. I was saying, okay, I know how this this group was formed, and they have this relationship with this other group. So, did they come about in the same way? Was one a, like a spin off branch? You know, what what I want I want to know. And likewise, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't really care. Right. Again, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not down on it, but I don't like. I, I hope you know, much like in this movie where it's a couple of lines of dialogue. I hope it's the same thing where we just you find out quickly. Oh no, that's fair. Like, I don't on. need them to go loads into it, even if they don't mention yeah. it. No big deal. But I'm just, I'm interested. I want to know. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, the new movie looks so fun. Uh, obviously, uh, the new characters. I mean, I, I like trying to Tatum. Uh, which is weird to say. I, I don't think I used to have that opinion, but you know, enough things no. have happened now where I actually do kind of like him in these kind of roles. 
You're right, because there was a time where I go, okay, Chante, whatever. Yeah, we just did Comrade Detective, who was voicing a, a character in that. He was great. That yeah, was good, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's good in the, the Jump Street movies. And, um, you know, people are talking to him. He, he, you know, I don't think he's up for it, but he could play a good Shazam. And he probably could. Like, I could see him in that role. Mm-hmm. Instead, he wants to do Gambit for some reason. Yeah, he's really passionate about that, and I just don't get it. I don't know. I've never met a passionate Gambit fan in my life, and <laughs> Chai and Tatum, for some reason, is really into Gambit. I it's, wouldn't have pegged it, would you? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeff Bridges, I've been a big fan of for a long time. Uh, Julianne Moore uh, is a very good actress. Um, I, I, don't, I don't love her in everything she's been in. Like, or Not so much I don't love her, but I, I, she's not always in movies that I care about. I guess right, but I, should say I think that, she's but... always good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen her be like less than yeah. good in anything, even movies that maybe I didn't love. I think I hold a weird grudge towards her, though. But not, not intentionally, but just kind of like under the surface. Because, because she was in Hannibal and I hated that movie. <laughs> and that's all, you know, Ridley Scott made that and I like him, but I also hate that movie. No, no. It's, uh... um, and it's like, you're not Clarice Starling. Clarice Starling wasn't a ginger. What's, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with what you're saying. I don't know, just, just to remain, because I think that's the first thing I ever saw, and so it just reminds me of that whenever I see her. I, I think no, like that's kind of going back to what we were saying about Chan Tatum, where there was a while where I'm like, yeah, yeah that's Tatum, because he wasn't a problem in whatever he was in, but I didn't care about whatever he was doing. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just joking about Julianne Moore. She's actually been very good in a lot of things, but yeah, uh, yeah. with Chan Tatum, there was a time when he was just the guy. What was he on? Was it One Tree Hill or was it? Something else like that. He was, he was on. I think I'm thinking of someone else there, but I think he was on some show or something, and yeah, that was his thing. I, I think there was so long where I just didn't care about like, like people were going, "Oh, like oh, it's Chan Tatum, you know, like he's supposed to be." He was he was already becoming the the, the first billing star. Mm. I'm like, I haven't seen him in anything that I care about. I haven't seen him do anything that I thought was really good. So yeah. I was just. It wasn't. I was like, oh, Chan Tatum. Oh, I don't want to see that. But it was more like. I don't get it. I didn't understand what the appeal was. Yeah, yeah. And then you saw 21 Jump Street and said, like, oh man, this guy actually has some comedy time in here. What's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's fair. Um, so back to the movie we were talking about, though, not the next one. Obviously, we yes. talked about some of our hopes and, uh, you know, maybe worries, but, you know, mostly hopes uh, for the next one. Uh, it looks good. So, uh, but this, this one uh, is a movie I went into because I liked the director and I liked... Uh, you know the, the team behind it, um, and much like Kickass, it's one of these things where I don't really like the comic book writer, but this team's already turned one of these things into gold. So can they do it again? And sure enough, they did. But just like I say, I prefer Kickass overall. I, I think, but Miller has good ideas, mm. but he can't execute them. Miller's got good ideas, but he he, he wants to be too edgy. He, he Gets likes... in his own way, doesn't he? Whereas I feel like what Matthew Vaughn and Jane, Jane Goldman had. Uh, you know, obviously there's the stylish action that Vaughn adds, but I think what both of them add to the script and when they adapt it is they add a sense of heart. They add a sense of where I actually care about these characters and I care about their outcome. And, and, and they stop it going too far with the edginess. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's the bit where obviously he pulls the, the, the Hitler salute and you could go, is that, you know, pulling too far? With it feels like, okay, that's quite an edgy joke. But I then... I think that's an edgy joke, to be honest. I think a lot of people would. I, I, I think a lot of people would see it as that. It is. I think for me, because that reminds me of things like Faulty Towers. Like that doesn't seem like a. No, that's true. Uh, an actual thing. Um. So I get it. And also, I think doing that finger that lets you know that you're not just doing the salute. You're you're making fun of the Hitler. 
yeah, no, that's true. That's what we'll lets you know. Oh, this, this is a goofy thing. It's yeah, like, I know. You, you don't see white supremacists putting the finger over them. <laughs> You'd never take them seriously again. <laughs> not that you should take them seriously anyway, because... Well, you should take them seriously, but as a threat, as a problem, not as... Yeah, yeah, but you, yeah. you shouldn't take what they're saying seriously. You should be like, you're idiots, shut up. Yeah. Uh, so, where was it going? Um... What was I saying before you sent us uh, down I don't this? Know. I, I was saying he was a, he was an ideas man. And... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's got ideas, uh, but I think the human element, the the heart of it, is added because uh, you know one day we'll do kick ass, I'm sure, because we've not done that before. But like you know, and we'll talk about the differences in that. But they like they added so much heart to that story, and I th- I feel like here as well they added heart where I cared about these characters by the end. Whereas I feel like Mark Miller. He writes the ideas, but he's very cold when it comes to actually caring it's, about the characters. It's all, it's all spectacle, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I, I think they, they they give it they, they ground it, they give it some weight, they give it some meaning. Yeah, um, and the but end they, result but they show that his work can be adapted and be fantastic. Yeah, and the end result is that you end up with this action movie that is kind of ridiculous and silly and over the top, but it's grounded by real characters and real emotion, um, yeah. and on top of that, really good action sequences. So you get this great package, like. You know, Matthew Vaughn typically is like one of my first. Whenever someone says, "Oh, who should direct this superhero?" I'm like, "Oh, Matthew Vaughn and nail it. <laughs> Let him do it." A- anything that's kind of like not the most super serious thing ever, but you wanted to have some weight. I feel like Matthew Vaughn's usually my first pick now. Uh, you know, if it's maybe like a popcorn style movie with yeah. weight. Um, no, I, I get that. He's he's certainly up there. In terms of mainstream movies, he's one of my favorites right now. Uh, you know, in terms I can't of the, argue with that, the crowd pleasing yeah. stuff. So. I, I like you said because most people really enjoy his movies. They, you know, and they they perform reasonably well. Yeah. So let's let's just have him keep making great stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess that that kind of gets us to uh, scoring the whole thing then out of ten. <laughs> so, uh, what would you give Kingsman out of ten? I think I go pretty high on this. I go like I'm gonna go to a nine. Oh. In the set, like. And this is one of those moments where my scoring system's slightly skewed in a sense, where I'm rating this on a nine, but maybe as as a blockbuster, this is that's what it is. But this doesn't necessarily compare to a nine that's you know like a super serious you know proper drama movie. Hmm. But for what this is, what this is trying to do, uh, I I love the direction, you know, the the action, the music, the script's great. It has, but then it does have a few problems, which we've mentioned, which stop it, you know, get, you know being any better. Yeah. But but I do love pretty much everything else that it does do. Hmm. Um. I'm I'm going slightly lower. Uh. I, I for me, I think it's like a solid eight. Mm. Uh. Which is still great. Like that's that's in the great yeah. territory. And I I think you know. It's that sort of thing where if I actually genuinely love spy movies, which is what it's kind of like homaging and yeah. playing with, like it probably would escalate even higher for me. I uh, think that might be where the difference between us is coming from. Yeah, because like, I, I grew up watching like the Bond movies. That's that's what my childhood was. Yeah, I mean, I think I tried watching some of them when I was growing up, but I never really. Whereas Kickass was like a play on superhero stuff, and that's like oh, that, that's like everything's linking together for me on that one because it's like it's, it's playing on things that I like but it's also doing all the other things with the good action the good characters that's it because yeah. I, I think this might be my f- favourite of Vaughn's movies uh, yeah uh, it's not mine obviously yeah. uh, Kick-Ass is probably it uh, would I rank this or Stardust higher 
I'd have to go back and watch Stardust again, actually. Now that I've rewatched this again, I feel like I'd have to go I back think, and watch I think we do need to do Stardust at some point, because I need to watch it. Yeah, you've not seen it. Yeah, that's, that's a great excuse to do that at some yeah. point. Uh, Mark Strong's in that as well, by the way. Mark Strong's in like most of his movies. I, I, I think Mark Strong is a, is a criminally underrated actor. Oh, he's great. I think he's always very good, but he never gets much praise. Um, he's a villain, by the way, in Stardust, because of course he is. That's fine, I'm used to that. He's a villain in Kick-Ass. He's always very good, he's always excellent, but he's always overshadowed by bigger build names. Yeah. So he yeah, gets overlooked true. a lot. But there you, there you go, that that has been Kingsman the Secret Service. Uh, obviously, we, we caught up in this because the Golden Circle's out soon. Uh, obviously, you can expect a, a Gigawatch review from me and Matt, and maybe Connor will jump in on that one, depending. But schedules uh, permitting, yeah. Yeah, but that that'll be coming uh, when when it comes out. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, that that has been Kingsman. So, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. You can do that over there. Uh, you get these influx reviews a week early uh, for a dollar, so that's maybe something you may be interested in. Uh, but otherwise, that is it. So thank you once again for watching. Uh, keep watching movies, and we'll see you next time. Bye.